Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ip Man 4, the finale, is the aptly named final chapter of the hugely popular Ip Man franchise about the trainer of Bruce Lee, martial arts master Ip Man. I'm a big fan of the Ip Man movies. The first one is a modern day martial arts classic. The second one I'm a little less keen on. I felt like it borrowed too much from Rocky IV, but it wasn't bad. The third one, by all accounts, shouldn't work. It shouldn't be anywhere near as good as it is. I mean, it has Mike Tyson in it, but it was great. Somehow it was a great film that I had a terrific time watching. I was also surprised by how much I enjoyed the third film's spin-off called Master Z, Ip Man Legacy, which I've also reviewed on the channel. The fourth chapter follows Ip Man as he travels to America to look for a school for his son, who's been kicked out of the Chinese one he goes to. Many Chinese are seeking education for their children abroad, and part of Ip Man's haste is due to him being diagnosed with cancer. When in the States, he encounters racism and discrimination to immigrants and the Chinese, but also befriends a local bullied Chinese girl. And as his relationship with this schoolgirl develops, he comes to an understanding with his son's mindset. He becomes more empathetic with him and starts to understand what his son is going through back home in China. There's a lot of other stuff going on in the film. A lot of different characters and plots stuffed into a one hour and 45 minute movie including the father of the young girl, the only man who can get Ip Man a recommendation letter, but he doesn't want to give him one, because Ip Man's student, Bruce Lee, is teaching Chinese martial arts to non-Chinese. And also, one of Lee's students is trying to get Chinese martial arts added to the curriculum of the United States Marine Corps, which he works for, which is ferociously cock-blocked by his drill sergeant, played by Scott Adkins, and his Japanese sidekick. Adkins has a brief run-in with this American immigration officer who harasses and tries to deport many Chinese, especially the schoolgirl's father. As it turns out, a major bully who attacked the Chinese girl and was injured in the process herself was the immigration officer's father. Oh, and also one of Bruce Lee's students, who happens to know Ip Man, as the two met at the beginning of the film, also works for the immigration team. As you can see, the story is hilariously convoluted and contrived to a point where it feels like there's only about 10 people who live in America and they're all connected in some way. It's very blunt and flat-footed storytelling and jumps from storyline to storyline from Ip Man's relationship with his son, the beef in the Marine Corps, the beef between the Chinese elders and Bruce Lee and the other half a dozen subplots. The film has no nuance whatsoever. Literally, as an example, in Scott Adkins' first scene, 
he says to a black dude something like, Some people think I'm a racist, but blah 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 blah, to hammer home the point that this guy is a racist for anyone who is imbecilic enough to miss it. The cancer thing is mentioned at the beginning and seemingly forgotten until near the end of the film, in stark comparison to the poignancy and subtext of the cancer subplot of his wife in the third film, where it was always in ever-presence and was one of the primary reasons it man felt that fighting and competition was worthless. It's nowhere near as refined as the previous three films, in any way whatsoever. Whether it be the convoluted story, the ham-fisted and heavy-handed attempts at emotional scenes, the alarmingly high sense of Chinese patriotism, or even the fight scenes, none of which were really that memorable, even though the fight choreographer was the legendary Wu Ping Yong, who I'm a big fan of, who did the fight choreography for the last film, and a lot of martial arts movies like The Matrix, Kill Bill, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. The previous movies had fight scenes with such intensity, and they were so creative in both the moves that the characters use, and the environment in which the characters fight in, but here that ingenuity was severely lacking. And that's my main takeaway with the film. It's lacking. It's lacking in everything. Even the story itself, the concept of Ip Man going to America to look for a place in a school for his son and getting caught up in racism, there isn't enough to it, which is probably why the film's stuffed itself with so many characters. The storyline lacks the epicness of previous films. It lacks the high stakes. I could not help but wonder while I was watching Ip Man try to convince a school principal to take on his son, that this guy survived Japanese invasions, he took on like 20 men at the same time on numerous occasions, he beat Mike Tyson in a fight, why the heck am I watching him spend most of the runtime chasing a recommendation letter? What a crap boring choice of story, when there are far more interesting things the film could have explored, like for example, Ip Man's relationship and training with Bruce Lee, which fans of the Ip Man movies have been anticipating for a long time, that was surely what this series was eventually going to build up to, but it didn't. It really felt like this movie didn't have a story to tell, it didn't have a reason to exist, which is actually quite plausible, as it's possible the only reason it does exist is because the Ip Man movies made so much bank in China. Sticking with the point about a lack of stakes, and I couldn't help but feel most of the fight scenes in the film didn't have a reason to exist, and most of them only do so because a fighter wants to prove a point or something about how his brand of martial arts is better. Granted, this kind of thing did used to happen to Bruce Lee, but they go too far in this film, literally the main conflict of the film, and the reason behind the three or so big fights at the end of the film, is because my style is better than your style, and talk about taking things too far, I mean, no one was ever going to make the comment that Ip Man movies are realistic, but the first three were grounded in a sense of maturity and subtlety, but this one doesn't have that same sense of uh, superior craftsmanship, it was so weird seeing Scott Adkins teleporting everywhere, beating people up in this place and then that, actions which would have had serious uh, legal repercussions, sending his Japanese goon as well to beat the crap out of some Chinese fighters, and the reason he's doing all of this is just because one guy under him wants Chinese martial arts added to the curriculum. Why has he got such a hard-on for him? Just give him the 20 laps and be done with it. And why is he so defensive about karate? Does he even know karate is Japanese and not American? It is a major step down from the previous three films, and this is only highlighted further in a montage at the end of the film, where they show clips from previous movies, pretty much reminding you how much better those movies were, especially the creativeness of the fight scenes. 
Also, by going to America, Ip Man 4 lost a lot of the charm of the Ip Man movies. A lot of the appeal of the movies is the traditional, classical Chinese music, the colours, the themes, all of that kind of stuff, even the way the characters dress, the sense of history and culture, even the language. I mean, you wouldn't think you'd tune into an Ip Man movie and most of the cast is speaking English. By moving the story to America, perhaps a decision to broaden the film's audience, the film was robbed of a special feeling all of the Ip Man movies have. It makes this fourth instalment feel like an add-on, like an unplanned late-stage child, rather than a natural continuation. It also doesn't help that most of the events of the film are just not true. The Ip Man movies have always stretched the truth, romanticised it, but here they straight up make stuff up on the spot. Like for example, Ip Man never set foot in the US. It makes it feel disingenuous, and to be honest, it feels like the Chinese propaganda wheel took control of one of the best modern martial arts franchises to come out of the country. The movie does not leave you with a satisfying feeling for the conclusion of the Ip Man franchise. It's ended on a weak note, and it leaves you unfulfilled. I say that as a fan of director Wilson Yip, Donnie Yen, and Wu Ping Young, and I give the movie a very generous 6 out of 10.